morning to everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Coles Brown Show. Of course, you can always watch it and hear it live right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Coles Brown, joined by special guest co-host once again, and none other than Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Charles, good good morning to you, and, and who is your friend with you? That that's that, that's our our third our third leg of this uh, Carlos Brown show. He's he's going to join us for a segment or two behind me. He's got, he's got a lot of uh, skeletons in his closet that he wants to, to to get off his chest. So we'll 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 get him involved at some point during the course of the show. Well, just tell him uh, observe and listen. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll let him. Uh, get in maybe a comment or two maybe <laughs> but uh coming up on today's show we appreciate you joining in here on the black college sports network you're watching the Colin brown show i guess menu is it's it's small for once in uh, a long time of course charles edmund you see him he's joined me and uh, other guests will be the director of athletics at southern university Coach Roman Banks. I still refer to him as Coach Banks, Charles. And, uh, you know, the position of athletic director, it, it, it's, it's a tough position. You, when you're doing well, you hear, you hear it. But if you're not doing well, you definitely hear all the chatter. So it's a tough position. And uh, we're, we're going to have a conversation. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk with Coach Roman Banks. Uh, so you'll be joining us, Charles, to talk to the former men's basketball coach at Southern University. I tell you what, Coach Banks has kind of grown on me. You know, when we, I knew Coach Banks when he was the head basketball coach at Southern University, and when the opportunity was presented to him to be the athletic director, I didn't think he would take that gig. To be honest, I thought he would stay on the sidelines, and and because he was very successful as head coach, uh, head basketball coach. So for him to take that that job, it was a leap of faith. I thought he's he's done a really nice job. I mean, there's some challenges, you know, dealing with the Coach Rollins situation. But I think, you know, the baseball hires have been solid. You know, promoting Coach Funches uh, from Coach Pugh's staff, old staff at Southern. He's done well. Um, so, I mean, obviously the biggest fish to fry was the football thing and how he's going to handle that. And apparently people are happy with Coach Dooley. Still early yet, but I think he's making some, some pretty good moves. So I, I, I really – I'm really impressed with what Roman Banks has done during COVID-19. I thought he had a very temperate approach. He kind of slow rolls things. And, and, I, and as an AD, sometimes you got to know when to go fast and sometimes you got to know when to slow roll. And I, I think Coach Banks has done a nice job in finding that pace in terms of how he runs things. So I'm, I'm impressed with the job that he's done. I told him that at the, at the softball and baseball tournaments this, uh, this last season. So, I, you know. He's got a challenge in front of him here and trying to see how Coach Dooley's going to do and some pieces moving around. But I'm impressed so far, in my opinion, with what Roman Banks has done. Some people might disagree, but you know, I think overall, I think you had to give him you know, some pretty good praise for the job that he's done amongst everything, all the moving pieces and COVID-19. And, you know, I, I have uh, several, several points that I want to cover uh, with Coach Banks and, and actually – the text messages are rolling in now about questions to ask uh, Coach Banks. And, and, you know, you have to do it, Charles, you, you've been in this business a while. When, when you do interviews, you know, you, you have to ask the tough questions, but it's a way of professionalism that, that you 
that you ask those questions and you never get personal. It's always professional. It's always business. And if it's something that can't answer, then I, I, I like for them to state it as they can, or it's a personnel matter. We can't discuss it right now, but I, I, I will ask uh, the questions and um, we'll try to incorporate some of the uh, questions and comments uh, from, from the listeners as well. So coach Dooley, um, we'll talk with him again, but Coach Roman Banks scheduled to join me at 12 noon. So the uh, top of the second hour. But some news and notes, Charles, in the world of uh, HBCU sports and college athletics. FAMU linebacker Isaiah Land wins the Buck Buchanan Award. So that's two. Buck Buchanan Awards in a row. In the spring, it was Jordan Lewis. And now for the fall season, it's Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Land. So congratulations to him. Got a chance to see him play against Mr. Uh, Jerry Carter for Southern University. It, it, it was a battle all game. Prairie View and them hires Bubba McDowell as their next head coach. And Charles, we were talking about it last week. I said they probably will make an announcement right after the show. And basically, uh, they did. And I've kind of heard from some Prairie View fans, you know, and it's interesting. No matter who's picked as the coach, you're going to have those who agree with it. There are going to be ones who feel that they missed an opportunity. And we're going to get into this again a little bit. Um, a splash hire, basically against the right fit. And I'll ask Coach Banks about that because the, my, my first question is going to be, is the process of hiring Coach Dooley? But um, Bubba McDowell, he's been a, a steadfast in the Prairie View and athletics uh, program and football. So congratulations to Coach uh, McDowell. Any thoughts on that, Jones? It being been now um, named the head football coach, and I guess one of the questions may be why it took so long. Well, I mean, I think you know, Prairie View probably went through the process. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you heard names out there. You don't know if it's true or not that Kevin Sumlin was interested in some of the other names that were kind of tossed around. You don't know that. You know, Prairie View did win the Western Division. Um, Prairie View did go to the SWAC championship game. You had your head coach leave to go to Southern University. So I think you want to keep the continuity in place. He's been on that staff a long time. Clearly for him to stick and stay as long as he has, that shows you that he obviously is a solid coach, a solid person, however way you may want to frame that. So I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I didn't know much about, about Coach um, you know, until this last few days. But knowing that he's been on that staff, um, I think that you kind of saw it was coming because you didn't hear a lot of smoke coming out of that program. You didn't hear a lot of players transferring out of the program. So that, and I said it last week, that tell that told me, and I might be wrong about this, but it told me that maybe the players and people within that building are happy with the way things are going, because you know they were going to be updated in terms of how this search was going to go and how it was going to lean. So I'm not totally surprised that that they stayed in house, trying to you know keep the continuity going. So I, hey, I don't have a problem with it. You know, you talk about getting guys that have paid their dues. He definitely has done that. So mm -hmm. that checks those boxes for those who, who like that. 
So I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, the Kevin Sumlin thing, it was a reach. Clearly, you know, he was around the Houston area because he's now the uh, head coach of of the of a French of a USFL franchise there. Yeah. And, and it's, so you kind of saw where that was leaning. But uh, I think he wanted an opportunity just to get his name back out there. But I'm I'm happy with 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 the hire just from from afar. And now now that you got a head, a head coach in place, now you want to build on it. Now you you know who's going to be the quarterback there and is it going to be pass or whomever the case. I don't know, but we'll see. And now you got a coach. Now you got to get to work because signing day is just in a few weeks, the first Wednesday in February. I was talking to a um, person that's career has been architecture. And even when you're in construction, when you're building a house, right? If that foundation, if that slab is not correct, doesn't matter. That house is going to have some problems. And, and once again, I, and I understand that, you know, the splash hire and the NIL and all of those are now an integral part of college athletics. But I still will contend that you got to have the right fit. Now, the splash hire, celebrity hire, whatever way you want to term it, it worked for Jackson State. We give credit to Jackson State, it is worth. But it may not work at other places. But that is a choice that director of athletics and, and presidents and chancellors have to make. Do we go with that person who, in some cases, didn't have head coaching experience? And I will always speak out and, and, and fight for those, like I, I, I could think of K.J. Black, T.C. Taylor, that have you know, followed the process, done all the right things, and they're ready for the big, word opportunity to to be able to be a head football coach and and not just football it could be basketball baseball and that's who i i'm really concerned uh about those type of individuals so what does it say if you follow the process and you do the right thing isn't that what you're taught to do you know do it that way and you you will be rewarded so hopefully those two, especially those two individuals, you know, you can throw out Coach Terrence Graves. Want an opportunity to just prove themselves. So it's, it's an old saying, trying to keep up with the Joneses. I think it still goes down to what's the best fit. And so Prairie View decided to go with Bubba McDonald. And guess what? Time will tell, right, Charles? Three, oh, yeah. four years from now, no matter, you know, we can give our opinions if they haven't hit benchmarks and whatever uh, the people of influence have decided that this is what they have to do to to be successful. If they if they haven't done it, then you know they'll they'll, they'll move on in, in another direction, Charles. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you talked about KJ Black. You know, KJ Black played at Prairie View. So who's to say that we might not hear his name again in terms of being being on that coach's staff? Who's to say? T.C. Taylor has clearly made a name for himself in terms of what he did, what he's done at Jackson State. So I, I think even though we talk about the splash hire, I get it um, because you want to generate that kind of buzz and attention. And it has it, it worked at Jackson State. They got exactly what they wanted, with the exception of winning the Celebration Bowl. You know, and, and my my next, you know, charge is going to be we're going to see on draft day how this thing's going to go in terms of Coach Sanders, 
trying to get players drafted in the National Football League. We'll see. We got the combine coming up. That's been released, mm-hmm. some of those names. So I don't know if that the Sanders effect has had an effect on all that. The list has come out with 40 players. We'll, we'll, we will see. But I think for me, the combines are great. All that other stuff is great. But now I think what people want to see is come those two days on draft day in the spring, we, are you going to see a player get drafted in those rounds in the National Football League? I think that's what's next. We'll see. You got Hugh Jackson. You got Eddie George. Tennessee State has played. Hugh Jackson's coached. Deion Sanders has played. We'll see. And, and, you know, I think getting that splashy hire is great. It's worked in some cases. But we'll see. I think I just think Prairie View, because of their success this past season, kept it in-house. I get it. You can clearly mm-hmm. get that. If Prairie View did not have a good year and duly moved on, I think we might see something different. But that didn't happen. So you want to keep the continuity. I think that's what Prairie View did. And I don't have a problem with it because that roster is still pretty good. I think there's some work to be done. But clearly, you don't want to break it up and blow it up because that's what would happen if you decided to go another direction. Right. Well, once again, congratulations uh, to Coach Bubba McDowell, Peruvian and Knicks head football coach. Black College Hall of Fame, Charles, 2022 class. Impressive. Ben Coates. Tied in from Livingston College. Know him. No, no, Ben. Not, not Ben personally, but uh, have seen and followed his career in the NFL. A person who I met and just genuine and just very humble person, Donald Driver, wide receiver, Alcorn State. I'm sure you uh, have met him and have had some interesting conversation uh, with him. John Big Train Moody, running back, Morris Brown College. 1939 to 41, Roscoe Nance. I had the pleasure of interviewing him when I had a local radio show, local meeting in, in, in the Baton Rouge uh, area. But um, another guy that uh, a contributor passed away. He's a writer, deservingly so, being in uh, the Black College Hall of Fame. Just, just a tremendous, tremendous guy, Charles. And uh, you know he he he's missed, but. Um, Outstanding person. Nate Newton, offensive lineman from FAMU. And uh, you know him also as a Dallas member of the Dallas Cowboys. Wow, that part uh, is, is tough to, <laughs> tough to stomach, the Cowboys. But let me not uh, take any shots at Cowboy fans because they're everywhere and they're vicious. When uh, provoked, they'll come after you. They really will. But congratulations to Nate Newton. William Billy Nix, coach at Mars Brown College. Didn't know that, but Purview A&M didn't know that. And then Sammy White, wide receiver, Grambling State University. And, and, you know, Sammy White, growing up as a little franchise, I loved the Minnesota Vikings. And just the memory embedded in my brain of him getting popped in the Super Bowl against the Oakland Raiders. Charles, I... I didn't eat for a couple of days after that. As a Vikings fan then, never won a Super Bowl. Got there. Just tough. But uh, an impressive class, the Black College Hall of Fame 2022 class. Absolutely. And we can start with Donald Driver, someone that I covered my early days at Alcorn. You know, one of the great receivers that, that we've had coming through. Um, you know, million-dollar smile. One of the best receivers the Green Bay Packers have ever had. Ran track. I mean, just a, just a good dude, just a good guy. And 
And Roscoe Nance, I, I interviewed him at Media Day. He was at SWAC Football Media Day uh, one year. And just, you know, when you talk about coverage of HBCU sports and what he's done on a national level, you know, you can't, you can't knock what Roscoe Nance, the late Roscoe Nance, has done. So clearly a great class, a little Alcorn flavor in there. And it's good to get, it's good to get some media folks in there as well. You know, we're, we're both in the media. We know people in that arena. And it's good to see, you know, some, some media people get that. I hope there will be a lot more. You know, Rob Jay getting inducted to the SWAC uh, Hall of Fame for his media coverage. So I hope we get more of that because there are people that kind of lay the foundation you know, for us in, in that arena, you know, the late Bob Carpenter, who used to call games at Jackson State, J.C. Polites, Southern University. So, I mean, I, I hope more of those media folks, because we're familiar with them. We knew them. We know them. We hope that they get the love as well. But overall, a good class. It's always a good class. A lot of history, a lot of stories to be told, a lot of great success on and off the field. Also, uh, more news and notes. Preview M Swag and Track Coach Legend Barbara Jacket passes away. Thoughts and prayers go out to the family and the Preview M family and the HBCU family. Jatiri Carter selected to participate in the 2022 NFL Combine. Also, Marquise Bell. And, and again, that I posted the list on, on the Coles Brown Show Facebook page on the Coles Brown Show and the Coles Brown Facebook page. Uh, there's a list of those uh, participants that have been invited to the NFL uh, combine. And then congratulations to Shadur Sanders and Coach Dion Sanders. FCS Awards, Jerry Rice Award, Shadur Sanders, and the Coach Eddie Robinson Award to Coach Dion Sanders. Hey, man, they, they got it done. You know, and, and as much as, and you know, everybody knows how when Southern Jackson State participate in no matter what sport it really gets the blood flowing but you have to give credit what credit is due they got it done and so i'm not going to even think about a 10-point lead <laughs> with a few minutes left and, and, and you you lost you you had them and we know who they are we know who they are but but uh uh c- congratulations charles they, they, they got it done. They did. And, 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 and I can't even think about the 10-10 game, Alcorn and uh, Jackson State, you know, that, you know, in the last game of the season, we, I, I think we kind of had them on the ropes as well, you know, one week later. So, uh, you know, yeah, but c- congratulations to both. You, you knew the accolades and the hardware were coming. And so I mean, they, they look pretty dapper there. You saw, saw the pictures on social media. Both of them, a, a million-dollar smile on both. So congratulations uh, to both of those individuals for jobs well done. How's your friend doing in the background? He's uh, he, he's quiet, but I'm sure he's listening. Yeah, he's uh, it, it's like 35 degrees here, so he's he's uh, he's completely underdressed for sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he's just taking notes behind me, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get some comments from him later on. In, in the show. It should be it, it should be interesting, to say the least. Well, I, I was hoping it, it, it looks are not the result of, like, here in Baton Rouge, it, it was, one day it was 81 degrees, in a matter of not even 24 hours later, take away 50 degrees. It was 30 degrees. I was thinking maybe that was the result of what happens when the, the, the temperature changes that quickly, but 
course, I'm being facetious, but uh, <laughs> uh, th- 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 this weather is really something. You know, there's a saying, if you don't like the weather in Louisiana, stick around. In the next few hours, it'll change. And maybe it'll be more t- to, to, to your liking. Also, let's go back to Prairie View and them. We were talking about it before the show started. It's, you know, with, with social media now and when things happen, it, it gets out quickly, you know. And, of course, three coaches that Coach Dooley brought with him uh, to Southern University, they now have, and, and, and it's not really official, but it's only a matter of time, um, have gone back to uh, Prairie View and m Of course, Mark Frederick. Running back coach at Prairie View and then associate head coach, and then hired a came with Dooley, a running back coach. Coach McDowell basically offered him the position of offensive coordinator, for what I'm hearing. And it would come uh, with that because it, it becomes a nice raise. So going back to uh, Prairie View and then Alvin Fossman, who played at Southern University. That's the other name you hear that's uh, going back to Peribianum, and um, and he was a linebackers coach. And then uh, Coach Burton, video a coordinator and uh, safeties coach, gone back. And and Charles, my phone was just off the hook, text message about what's the deal. I don't know the specifics of what happened. And, and you asked me the question, if you just signed on to Sun University, how can you get, you know, how can you leave and go to Prairie View and then was it any contracts? I, I, I can't answer that. But in the case of Mark Fredericks, I can understand he is a family, growing family. And to get the chance to become an offensive coordinator and run an offense and with the raise, I can't blame him. I, I I can't blame him at all. And then everybody has a choice. So Southern University, Coach Dooley, they will fill those those positions. I have I believe that without a shadow of a doubt. And you know, you're hearing names, Coach Terry Graves, you're hearing some other names. Calm down, Southern Knights. It will be okay. It will be okay. Coach Dooley will hire those replacements. But, you know, some people was like, well, they've never seen that situation uh, happen before. Uh, It's happened before in college football. Uh, But, hey, you got to move on. And uh, and especially with Coach Fredericks, I I understand completely. And then even other coaches, if if you're offered more money, and and especially, you know, if you're single, that's one thing. But if you have a family, Charles, you got to sit down with the budget director and talk about it. That is something, you know, both have to make a decision on, not just one. So I, I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. Yeah, we don't, we don't know all the specifics. You're right. I mean, we don't know the underlying, you know, reasons. You know, we don't know if they were under contract at the time or not. Um, if I were to take a guess, I would say no. So there was an opportunity there uh, to 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 do whatever you felt like you needed to do. And then by virtue of uh, Coach McDowell being named as head coach, I think that kind of brought some anxiety because as a football coach, 
if if your guy is not the guy, there's a chance that as an assistant coach, you're going to be let go. So if there's an opportunity for a coach to get you, whether it's Coach Dooley or any other coach, you take that opportunity. But then you find out that, you know, the coach that was there is now the head coach if there's more money involved or a better situation. I mean, I don't know. You know we don't know the inner workings of that part of it. But, you know, you the, these are just kind of the ebbs and flows that, that happen. Doesn't happen that often, but it, it does happen. Now, if, if Prairie View had named their coach two weeks ago, I don't think you those coaches probably would be still there at Prairie View instead of at Southern University. That's just my guess. I don't know. But uh, for the opportunity to be able to leave and go back, you know, I know it's going to generate a lot of confusion and, you know, you, you, you don't want to ruin the situation that you were in. Hopefully no credibility was lost with those guys that were at, that were at Southern and now have gone back. Hopefully you, you came in the right way. You hope you leave the right way because you just never know, you know, in this profession how things go. So, I, I, again, I don't have a problem with that either. We don't know if they were contractually on paper on board or not. We don't know. I don't know. You know, you, I'm sure you'll probably do some digging when the Roman Banks is coming up. So I'm sure that that may get discussed, might not. But you understand, I mean, it, there's a lot of moving pieces with this stuff. In this profession, there's a lot of moving pieces. And, you know, until it's signed, sealed, and delivered, it's not signed, sealed, and delivered. So you have to respect the wishes of those coaches and trying to be in the best possible situation. And you're right. If they're married, you know, their, their families are in Texas having to uproot and then, you know, have opportunity to stay where you are. That's with more money. That, that clearly is a, is a game changer. So there's a lot in the bag to unpack there. But I, I respect people that, that make those type of choices. They're tough, but nonetheless, it's life and it's business. And, and sometimes those two co-mingle. Well, one of our colleagues, and I'm going to put it out there. Uh, good morning, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Um, yeah, I will call you after the show. Like, hey, he's going to give me the, the context about uh, what's going on. He says assistant coaches at this level do not have contracts. Yes, they are just like any other non-contract staff or non-tenured faculty. They are at will. I've heard that before, at will. That means you can be let go. Charles, you, you work for Alcorn. Dr. Cavill works for Texas Southern. I, I work in the private industry, the school system. But uh, yeah, maybe a difference there. And he says that at Will hires. I doubt they vent with the human resource process. And even if they do, they can leave with just providing notice. Thanks a lot, Dr. Cavill. So I, I and did it the professional way and personally. I don't have a problem with it. And I specifically pointed out with, with, with Coach Mark Fredericks, knowing well, to have an opportunity to become an offensive coordinator and some more money in your pocket? Hey, Charles, I'm sorry. I, I, I can understand it, even though the two coaches. It comes down to providing more money for the family. Don't, don't, don't have a problem with it. Don't have yeah. a problem with it. And I trust that Dooley, Coach Dooley, they, they will get it right. They, they'll, they'll have replacements in there. I, I think I think what's what's confusing is the timing of this. I mean, they were just named and then they're going back to where they were. I think that's what's what's kind of a part of this too. Yes, Dr. Cavill is right. And yes, in the state of Mississippi, it is an at will state. So I'm at will 
or as our former baseball coach, the late Rav McGowan said, we're all goodwill employees, uh, but it's, it's, you know, we're all day to day. And so you don't yeah. know, you know, you don't know the process with that, where they are. And yes, they can change their minds. And yes, they can go to other places at any point in time. I just hope, you know, just like you came in the right way, you hope that they, they went out the right way. If, if in fact it got I, to I that believe, point. I believe they did. I, I'll go ahead I, I believe so too. I, I know mm-hmm. fans are upset because they're excited about coach Dooley and the hires that he's making. And, you know, and you see this and you're like, what the heck's going on? Well, it's business. It's life is what's going on. So I understand mm-hmm. it. I get it. And so if, if it's done the right way, it's okay. And, you know, there are a lot mm-hmm. of assistants who need opportunities. Coach Dooley, trust me, has a Rolodex of assistants that he would like to bring on board other than these. And I'm sure he'll fill those positions quite well. So it, it, it's a little chink in the armor. It's okay. It happens. It's fairly new. He's fairly new at Southern. So let's just let's just relax, exhale a little bit as a SWAC fan, and you know, let's just let's just relax a little bit and let him fill it out. I think he'll continue to get it right. Well, I know one thing. As far as offensive coordinator, and, and again, Mark Frederick is going to Prairie View, and we'll be here to be the offensive coordinator. He wouldn't have that opportunity at, at Southern. You know why? <laughs> Coach Dooley is the offensive coordinator. Yes, he, he's like Sean Payton. Yeah. You know, the Saints, they they say they have offensive coordinator, but they don't. It's Sean Payton. He calls the play. And, and I'm fine with that because guess what? If it doesn't work out, it, it goes back to the head coach. It will fall on him anyway. Correct? Yeah. But the, yeah. I, I, I told I told Coach Dude, I, I knew <laughs> you were going to be the offensive coordinator. No matter where he's at, That's he's going to be the head coach. If he's a head coach and offensive coordinator. Interesting. Well, Charles, we'll take a time out when we come back. There were some um, basketball plays. Since we're not going to have coach of uh, Van Petaway, he had a, a service he had to attend today, so he, he, he's not going to be able to come on the show. There, and we talked about it last week, COVID-19 protocol. It's already been undefeated as far as affecting basketball games. We have some wild prairie view. My goodness. We'll talk about that. Southern men's basketball team. Yeah. One win, one forfeit. Charles Alcorn State with a big victory over Jackson State in basketball. I tune in to a little bit of that broadcast, Charles. I think you were as excited as your friend, Mr. Skeletor, there. <laughs> a, 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 a big victory. I, you know, hey, I'm going to be honest. I was surprised. But on any what? Given night. So, I'm, you know, this was a huge win in a lot of ways. If you know, if, if you just were in this program, what we were dealing with with the last week, going back to the Minnesota game, Coach Bussy getting COVID, game canceled two hours before tip off. And I could just share this we barely had enough players to travel to Minnesota. We're mm. seeing now what the guidance is all about. You got to have at least eight players and one coach to play the game. We barely had that. We had two coaches, Coach Bussey and the lead assistant coach, Coach Adams, and we just had enough players to make that trip to Minnesota. There were a couple of assistants that were in quarantine. Several players were in quarantine going back to the Minnesota game. So this, this program has been through a lot of injuries, haven't had a full roster all season. And for them to come out against Jackson State, big rival game right off the bat, 
and really lock it down defensively. I thought it was that that, and I said it. That's the Landon Bussy special, uh, hmm. 65 to fifty. That's that's Braves basketball. Holding teams to under sixty. You know, I don't think we're a team that could score eighty points a game. But if we can keep it in the 60s, the way our defense can get it done, like we did against Jackson State, I think we'll be in, if not win, just about every game. I mean, it's not going to be that way all the time. Uh, but, you know, I thought we played really well, considering that we have players on the shelf and coaches on the shelf, you know, for the last week. So that was a bigger win, and I think a lot of people might want to figure. Um, Jackson State had COVID issues as well. Their last game at home in non-conference, they didn't play. Um, I was told after the game was one Jackson State player was, you know, was throwing up behind the bench. So I think they still had some issues, but you know, they they didn't shoot the ball that great and they and we we contained their their bigs pretty well. But you know, the Braves just played and just locked it down on defense. And that's gotta be the formula uh, going forward. You know, swag basketball already, you know, is kind of off the chain. I was looking at some of the standings. You know, Carlos. There have been 11 teams in the first week of the season that's won games on the road. Mm-hmm. Five on the men and six on the women. 11 road teams have won already. And so that 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 stands out like a sore thumb right there. Then you have Prairie View's had to forfeit a couple of games. You had another forfeit in there. So I don't know what to expect for this WAC season on, on either side. Nothing should be surprising you know, through the first week of the season. Other than, you know, a lot of people say all form beating Jackson State, that tip, that was a shock to the system throughout the conference. But other than that, um, it's it. I think it's going to be a wild ride. Just buckle up for it. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. It's going to be a wild, un, some unpredictable wins, some shocking losses. I'll say this, and then I promise I'll get to the timeout. Um, one thing I've noticed, and, and, and you kind of know this, but sometimes you have to get reminded. Texas Southern and Southern in basketball, it to me, and hear me good, in basketball, both women and men, it's equivalent to the Southern Jackson State rivalry in football. It's chippy in basketball. Oh boy, it's it's chippy. And they they play first, either one or two, every conference, and it had some chippy parts. In the game on the on the men's side, boy, Texas Southern, um, women down to eight players. I guess you know COVID, uh, the head coach, Coach Cooper. I mean, it, it was just tough. But I tell you what, they still fought, and they fought, and and Southern, you know, was able to get the victory both on the women and the men's side. But uh, Chippy, Chippy, that's. The Southern Texas Southern play, boy, it, <laughs> it, it's a lot of emotions. But I'll take a quick timeout. When I come back, it'll be more of the Coles Brown show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm Coles Brown, joined by Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network. We'll be right back. Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? This is Ryan Fulford. 
A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world. Blended and roasted to perfection. Giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. There's a shot. shot. So that might be. It could, it could be. Right field. Grand slam. What a shot. That's how you get hot, young fella. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. And all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Cole Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm joined by Charles Edmund of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Charles, on the women's side uh, for Southern University, uh, two wins against two the Texas Two-Step, Texas Southern and Prairie View. And, you know, take care of business at home. You said in the last segment about how many road uh, victories teams have gotten. That's that's outstanding. So the the, the formula is still the same. You win at home, and if you can split on the road, you put yourself in a position. Uh, put yourselves in a position to uh, be successful. Uh, for Southern University, uh, over Texas Southern seventy. Uh, to 60. Uh, Kayla Watson for Southern University, she led the way with 13 points. Uh, for Texas Southern, uh, Aaron Shalexis, uh, 17 points and six rebounds. And if you kind of look at the field goal percentage, and I don't want to give you a whole bunch of numbers, but uh, Texas Southern put up 52 shots and connected on 20, 38% from the field. Southern University, Put up 81 shots. That's 29 more shots. 24 of 81, a lower percentage, 29.6. But the Jaguars were able to wear Texas Southern down. But again, Texas Southern, what, eight, eight players? 
they gave a good accounting of themselves and they, they kind of cut the lead uh, down a couple of times, got close. And then Southern was able to pull it out by 10 points in fourth quarter, 19 to 18. Southern outscored them by one. The, the biggest quarter was the third quarter where Southern University outscored Texas Southern 22 to 16. But if you can see the first quarter was a one point lead for Southern, a three point lead at halftime. They outscored uh, Texas Southern 16 to 14. So you get what I'm saying. Texas Southern, they don't have to uh, hang their heads, you know, a, a depleted team, but that's the way you fight and you fight Charles, but uh, a 70 to 60 victory over Texas Southern. Yeah, that's one thing we saw last year. Remember, Alabama A&M was down to seven players the whole year, and, mm-hmm. and they fought like heck and gave teams trouble the whole year. You know, you hate to, to, to hear that for Coach Cooper and, and, and her ball club just, you know, depleted. It's tough. Now, most coaches are only going to play seven or eight anyway, even with a full roster. But if that's all you have, the seven or eight players, period, it really is tough, and you get worn down, especially in, in the second half. But good accounting of Texas Southern, the way they played. I'm sure they'll get some players back. And, you know, Co- Coach Cooper does not like losing. You know, she's a champion all the way through and through. So, you know, she's not feeling this. So I'm sure Texas Southern will get it figured out, get some players back. Yeah, and, and hopefully they're, they're going to get help, healthy. You know, as Coach Cooper and, and the rest of the members of the, of the women's basketball team at Texas Southern. And then that was, that was a Monday night. So it was a Monday, Wednesday. Then Prairie View women. They come into the Empty Clark Activity Center. Coach Pugh had a great run at Southern University. You kind of knew Southern was going to be up for this game. You know, she knows the program. She knows the ins and outs. Now, I'm not surprised by the victory, but I am surprised by the weighting one and the amount. They defeated Prairie View 89 to 52. Wow. 37 points. Charles, did you – are you surprised by the margin of victory? I am, um, especially since Prairie View got a former Alcorn player, Curtis Clark, who's a pretty decent a pretty decent scorer in this conference. She can give you 14, 15 a game easily. And so, you know, you they added to their to their weaponry there. And for them not to, to get it done, I think maybe defensively, I think, you know, Prairie has got some work to do, but Prairie View's got some pieces on offense to be able to put the ball in the bucket. And for Southern University, for the Lady Jaguars to put up that volume number of shots and points, I'm just wondering for Coach Funches and his team, do they have some more offense where they're getting shots at the bucket? When you get that many shots up, you know, you, you can have a small percentage and still put up a lot of numbers. And so that, that could be something we're going to have to deal with. That's an eye-opener to get to put up that many shots. But – I am surprised that that uh, Prairie View just didn't get it done because they do have a little bit more offense than they've had. And Coach Pugh was really excited about this team. I mean, you see her on social media posting stuff, really excited about this team. Not a great way to start for the Lady Panthers. Yeah, Amanda McWayne, 24.6 rebounds led the way uh, for, for Southern University. And as I turn the page here, uh, the Jaguars put up 70 shots made 33 baskets, 47%. So that was a, a big difference, and, and the tempo was really fast. And when you look at Southern University in the past under Coach Pugh, they were a team that basically chose, wouldn't you say, more of a half-court offense, defensive 
on the defensive side, they, they pressured and they played good solid half-court defense, sometimes full-court press. But now it seems that this year, just my observation, Southern women, they have a little bit more uh, talent. You know, they've added some pieces, and they, they, they're playing a little fast. So to, to, to put up 81 shots, yeah, that, you know, <laughs> sometimes in a men's game, they don't put up 81 shots on a consistent basis. But, um, hey, 24-hour rule, you win those games, then you got to get ready. Now Southern's on that, that, that Florida swing at FAMU, who, by the way, did you see they got a last-second shot with 0.7 seconds left against Bethune-Cookman women? They got their first victory, and, and then Southern plays Bethune Monday night. So uh, a, a good way to keep serving home for Southern women. If if Southern is going to be that up tempo, and that that's clearly what it seems like they are, they could be they could be a tough out because you get up volume shots and you don't have to shoot a great percentage and still and still get the points that that you you can get eighty points and that's going to be good enough to win on any night in this league. We 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 clearly have seen that. It's going to be interesting now though because this is the first uh, conference game for the Florida schools, and I predict that's going to be the toughest road trip in the conference, Carlos. It's early yet. Somehow you know, I do it. Yeah, I mean, I talked with Coach Bussey about that yesterday. You know, he, it's always been the Texas teams. And his reasoning is because you know Texas Southern and Prairie View are good, and you know you got to bring your A game or else you're going to get blown off the floor. But in terms of travel and logistics, I think this Bethune FAMU trip is going to be the toughest because you're flying most of the time. You know, a lot of teams are flying. I know we're flying in Tallahassee and then – Busted it to Daytona, which is like four hours, five hours, and then, you know, you're going to fly out of Daytona, however way it works. That's mm. going to be a tough trip logistically, you know, trying try to make – because that's a long bus ride, especially for the Texas teams that are going there. Uh, you know, even from for Southern or for Grambling, you know, I think it's going to be tough logistically. So I think over time you're going to see how tough that trip is. That's our next road trip, by the way, after this one. We go to Tallahassee first, and then we go to Daytona. So I'm I'm anxious to hear how tough that road trip's going to be, but if Southern can come out of that split on that on that two game swing, I think they'll be they'll be just fine because I think it's going to be tough to win two on the road in this conference. Yeah, win at home, break even on the road, and if you can go two and zero on the road, that's that's letting you. Uh, on, on the men's side, and then we'll transition to our number two. Uh, you remember I talked about it being a chippy game, Southern and Texas Southern. Uh, great history between those two uh, men's basketball programs, Southern with a 13-point victory over Texas Southern, 63-50. to 50. And I thought it was going to be tough for Southern University. Let's just be honest. Uh, Texas Southern, huge victory against Florida in the non- in a non-conference game. Um Albeit they hadn't played, I guess, in a, in a little bit. But, and, and you know, Johnny Jones is uh, going to have Texas Southern well prepared and ready to come back to Baton Rouge and, and play. Uh, but the Jaguars were able to, to get it done. Uh, Jaden Sadler, 16 points, three assists. Also for Southern, Tyrone Lyons with 11 points. And then you had Brian Whitley, who had some uh, big baskets. Uh, coming off the bench with 13 points. And, you know, in the last couple of years, 
this game was re- really, really close. And to a certain extent, this game was close. But Southern was able to pull it out in, in, in the second half, Charles. I think it was a big win for Sean Woods. You know, I think a lot – there are some people who still question what he's done at Southern University. Some people might still question whether or not he's a good coach or not. Um, I think this game, you know, albeit, you know, first conference game early on, I think it was a huge win. You know, you're, you're beating the tournament champs. You know, a lot of people didn't have Texas Southern, you know, winning the tournament last year. I thought Prairie was the team to beat, but Johnny Jones, he, he's grown on me too, Carlos. You know, coming in and following Mike Davis, kind of a different kind of guy, kind of low-key, not the fire and brimstone of Mike Davis, but this guy can flat-out coach. He can flat-out make the pieces fit, and he can flat-out match you up. And uh, for Southern to do what they did, uh, I thought it was a huge statement win early on, you know, against a very good basketball team. And so, you know, we'll see now as they go on the road. Now, I think Sean Woods, you know, what he did at Valley was terrific. What he's doing at Southern is good. I think we just need to say that Sean Woods is a pretty good basketball coach. You know, he he, he talked about the off-the-court stuff and his attitude, behavior, whatever you want to say. I mean, I, I think he's shown a lot of humility and calmness since he's been at Southern. To me, just watching him from a distance. But the guy can – I think the guy can coach. And I think he's proving that, putting those pieces together at, at Southern University. If they can get it done and split on this – Florida swing, I think Southern's going to be right there, you know, towards the end. And, and it's still, we, we have to get used to the travel part. Is now all corners, Jackson State, Southern, and Grammar, because many years, and, and, and they had to make the adjustment because of, you know, adding FAMU and Bethune Cookman. But uh, now Southern and, and Grammar State uh, travel partners. So Southern at FAMU today. Uh, 3 p.m. I think the women kick off at 1 p.m. and then Monday. And those Monday night games, you've talked about it. Coach Petaway, previous years, has talked about it. Um, those are the games that are really, really tough, and you got to be focused both mentally and, and, and physically. So if, if Southern can split on the road, that will be three and one after four playing dates in, in, in the conference because they got a forfeit for Prairie View and boy, you got to feel. Uh, for Prairie View and you know, uh, men's basketball team and uh, Coach Smith, uh, COVID protocol. He's got COVID, so you know, best of uh, wishes to Coach and the staff and the players at Prairie View and them. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, we we thought we were on the back end of this thing, and now it it seems to. Have- gotten you know we're back to where we are if not worse and now it you know last year at this time it was about rescheduling and trying to fit games in it's Mm -hmm. it's only going to be rescheduled if both teams have covid and the game's not played because of that and now you got to figure out how you're going to reschedule the game but if one team's got it got the cases the game is a forfeit and that's that you move on and so this is this is different it's it's tough, I tell you. And I know for Coach Smith, and I'm going to talk to Coach Bussey about it after the game because he knows Coach Smith well, how he's doing it and what he's thinking right now. Because this 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 team, you know, this team made it to the championship game last year. They're 0-2, can't make those games up. And what what is he thinking? The continuity, the consistency, just the ebbs and flows on the court. You're out of sorts, out of sync. And so, you know, we're going to see if, if, if they can bounce back. I think they will. But it's definitely a brutal way to start when you've had to forfeit, forfeit 
not lose, but forfeit your first couple of games. But, you know, most importantly, the health and safety and well-being of Coach Smith and those players at, at Prairie View and everyone that, that is dealing with this, because this, this is no joke. And you just want to get as healthy as you can, get back out there and do the best you can. Yeah. I mean, in your travels, you, you broadcast football, basketball, baseball. Um, I work in the East Baton Rouge Parish School System. So I'm around, you know, kids and, and, and continue to mask up, you know. Um, and, and, and some school systems, and I don't want to go off on, on, on a political thing here, but some school systems, and I'm talking about local, they, you know, they're still given the option of wearing a mask. And even if the system I'm in did that, I'm still going to mask up. And, you know, hey, you have to decide you want to get vaccinated and the booster. I've gotten them all done. And I'm still being cautious. Hopefully two years from now, we can say something uh, different. But as of now, me and my house, we're going to do as much as we can on our end to be as safe as possible. Yeah, I mean, just, just for me being in the airport, you have to have a mask on in the airport. You have to have a mask on on, on the airplane itself. Uh, I don't have an issue with any of it. If, you know, they're talking about a fourth shot from Moderna, they're talking about a fourth shot. You've already had two plus the booster, they're talking about a fourth. If I have to take a fourth, I'll take a fourth. If I have to take a fifth, I'll take a fifth. I don't have a problem with it. It's whatever it takes to, to be safe for myself and my family. I don't even blink about it. Just, just tell me what I need to do. Sign me up. Let's go. And I think that's, you know, I may be, people might think I'm crazy, but in order to have the lifestyle that we enjoy, they're going to have to be some sacrifices. And I think people are struggling with that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's their choice. But last year, there was a little sympathy and empathy over this. This year, it's, it's a little bit different. You know what to do. You know what you need to do. And if you don't, yeah, there may be a couple consequences or two that comes with that. We hope not, but that that clearly appears to be the case. And what we're seeing in athletics, even, I mean, we we are thoughts and prayers with everyone, especially the teams that have had it, the coaches that have had it. But unfortunately, we're at a point in which there's going to be some forfeitures, and and I I wonder what ads are thinking on this. When you look at their resume and their record, like you've had four games lost due to COVID, is that gonna is that gonna cloud your decision making in terms of if you're an ad and you're trying to evaluate your coach? That's, going, that's probably going to be some other storylines we'll be dealing with later on on the back end of this basketball season. Because right. everyone's being safe, I guess. And so we'll, we'll see how that turns out. But it's a totally different world, folks. Get used to it. It's not going anywhere. Be as safe as you can. Be as cautious as you can. But understand, just understand what's going to take place here. And speaking, you mentioned AD. AD Roman Banks is ready. So we're going to take a quick time out. When I come back, I'll visit with Roman Banks, Director of Athletics at Southern University. You're watching The Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Sorry. 
Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? This is Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Boy, once I said you were coming on. Oh, no. Huh? I, I'm not going to get into that. Get into that. <laughs> we're live. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Oh, we're back. I'm sorry. I apologize. Charles, I was looking down at my notes. Welcome back to the Coles Brown Show. Thanks, Roy, for telling me that we're, we're we're alive. I'm joined now by Coach Roman Banks. I still refer to him as Coach Director of Athletics at Southern University. Coach Banks, good afternoon and Happy New Year. Yes, sir. You got all right? To you. I hope you had great holidays. Yeah, I, I can you I hear did. me. I, yeah, we can hear you. I didn't eat too much. Right. That was a good thing. And um, just trying to be safe in this world of a pandemic. Yeah, well, we, you know, it's it's coming back around and and uh, navigating through this is is quite challenging. But uh, we're dealing with it every day. Well, that 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 is the truth. We want to spend some time with you. And, you know, when I when I posted that you were coming on, of course, uh, text messages, I see messages coming in for you. So I'm going to, let, let's just kind of get into it. Um, Coach, the hiring of Eric Dooley. I think you remember that. Uh, kind of, if you can, walk us through the through the, the process of that and, and, and then the conclusion of coming and say, hey, Coach Dooley is our guy to lead the, the football program. Well, yeah, you know, it stems all the way back for uh, when Coach Odoms left right out the end of the spring. It was mm-hmm. a difficult time, and obviously uh, we're not revealing candidates at that time because of contract reasons and different obligations. Uh, um, you know, we we had several conversations with Coach Dooley and, uh, and, and, and others. And, uh, and quite frankly, uh, that committee thought that uh, what he brought to the table was very exciting. Uh, but nevertheless, we, we thought that we had to go an interim route because as we talked to coaches, uh, the timing just wasn't right with contracts and buyouts. And we just had hired new coaches that uh, we was obligated to for a year as well. And so uh, it didn't turn out well. So throughout the whole season, we never stopped our interviewing process. Uh, we, you know, we, we respect, I highly respect people doing their jobs and, and uh, we're thankful uh, for what Coach Rollins was doing. You know, I heard a lot of chatting going on, but we were still going through our interviewing process day to day and supporting him and the team as well. And, uh, and we did our, uh, I did a lot of off-site visits with a lot of coaches. And at the end of the day, it just come back that we felt like for some university, uh, what we were looking for, a person that can come in. And I, I think one that 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 we always talk about 
what Southern University, the golden days, what it used to be and what it can be. Uh, is I think it's no better candidate when you have one that's been proven that 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 lived that dream, that seen it, that was a part of it. And obviously, we know that he's really a champion of a man. We know he's a a very good person. He's a a great recruiter. And we're also looking for a person. Uh, it never changed. That had you know X and O's at this collegiate level, be able to deal with this transfer portal, and and be able to work the college level. And uh, 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 he, as we start weighing out candidates, um, he kept, once again, from going back to the screen time, you know, we felt like that he was our guy. And, uh, uh, you know, we knew that he could come in um, right away and bring some excitement and connect some dots to, to our alums and to our football alums, athletic alums, and to, and to the community. And we definitely want to um, light that fire because we do think that Southern University is its own, has its own prestige. And we think if you get the right person here and you're able to win, uh, that it creates its own excitement. And so, uh, you know, different people are going about it business are doing things a little differently. Uh, but we feel like that uh, Coach Doolittle fit what Southern University needed at this time. No, no, no. Coach Banks, you just said fit, and that's kind of what I've been talking about. And you know, different colleagues have talked about me and me and them about the splash hire or the celebrity hire. I, I, I'll term it that way. You didn't say it that way, but how important is it? I say it's more of the the, the, the fit. That's number one to me. Besides, over you know, just get, having a celebrity hire, and and, and especially because if others are doing that, it's got to be about the best fit. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, in the model of falling people, right? When you're given a handle for leadership, you try to, to hire, uh, and, and we're using the same word, the best fit, whether that's a celebrity uh, or uh, uh, Coach Dooley can be argued, he's not a celebrity, but he's a splash. He's one of the hottest young coaches going right now uh, uh, at our level. There are some other schools outside of black college that look at Coach Dooley, especially from an offensive uh, uh, perspective of, of his knowledge and, and what he's been able to do for his scoring per game and stuff like that. And so he has, he has uh, earned his own respectability. Uh, I, well, if they programs been struggling, they need to ignite some things and, uh, you know, some, you know, I guess we refer to the Jackson State. They went on and, and did what they had to do. But that's not that's not the case for everyone. I think it's all about the fit. I think uh, and, and, and that's not successful for everyone. And, and then Are you still there, Coach Bank? Oh, I think we may have lost him. Okay, we'll 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 try to get him back. Charles, he was just talking about the fit, and, and I think that's so so important. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think for programs like Jackson State, and I've, this is my opinion. You know, Jackson State had been down football wise for over a decade, two thousand eight. 
you know, at some point you got to go for it. Sometimes you got to swing and hit it out of the park. And I think for what Ashley Robinson did there, that worked. Uh, I think Coach Banks took a more tempered approach. I know it's easy. You know, we're a copycat league. Everybody's kind of doing the same thing. And, and, and I think because his personality in part, um, he's not that kind of dude. He's not the kind of person that's just going to jump because everybody else is jumping at it. So I, I think it was a really good good fit to bring in Coach Dooley coming off of a Western Division title. And, you know, obviously his team against Jackson State was right there in a couple of plays, and you know, could have won that thing. So I, I think it was, it was a good fit. He's back at home. He understands Louisiana. He understands Baton Rouge, New Orleans. I think it was – I think it was the right fit. I think we all kind of knew that Dooley was going to be the guy. You know, you kept hearing Marshall Falk's name, and you heard all these other all these other names out there. But clearly, Dooley knows how to do this. He knows Louisiana, and I think that's a part of what this is what, what this is all about for him. So good good hire, Southern University. From what I'm reading and hearing, fans are excited about it. You know, the hires, and even though some have gone back to Prairie View, I think so far so good as far as hiring Coach Dooley and. The job that he's done in being representative of Southern and reaching out to alums and fans and getting Southern product coming back, I think he's making all the right moves right now. Let's do this. Let's take uh, a timeout and we'll, we'll try to get uh, Coach Banks back. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world, blended and roasted to perfection, giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. Welcome back. We're, we're back here on the Coles Brown Show, joined by Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network and Coach Roman Banks, Director of Athletics at Southern University. Coach Banks, you were talking about uh, the best fit of, or as far as a fit in the program um, compared to maybe having the, the temptations maybe to, to go with a, 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 a a big time or celebrity slash splash hire. Can you continue with that, please? Yeah, uh, kind of. I jumped, dive back in there. I don't know where we lost each other at, but uh, and so, uh, like I was saying, Coach Dula has worked his own reputation. You know, it's it's a lot to say to talk about, and it it's a lot of credibility on the line. Also, when a person has worked his way from from the bottom to the top as well and, 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 and learn a lot of insight about this business as well. And so you don't want to discredit uh, that person because that person speaks to opportunity for all of us as well. 
And so there are different journeys. It just depends on uh, on that journey. The ultimate goal is getting your program to where it needs to get to. And like I was saying at the end of the day, I think Southern University, hey, look, we didn't have pro coaches here. You know that. Uh, you know, from some <laughs> all the way back. So Southern tried a little everything, right? And so we probably was the first one to even try it in the sweat. And so, uh, and so I think uh, there's some history to talk about that as well. And so uh, I just think that uh, as we moved our program forward, uh, the know-how and the connectivities, the dots that we feel like that Coach Dooley bring to the table really helps move our program forward. I'm looking right now at our recruiting, and we've been getting several calls from, from players that play here and just people that's been involved with the program because he's here. It's flooding my emails right now and uh, about, about uh, you know, kids transferring in. And so we got our own excitement about uh, our hiring and what took place. Um, you know, and, and, and when you in this business, I don't, I don't, um, you know, uh, I've been in athletics baseball all my life. And so I'm not very good. If you ask me, uh, to go, uh, work in the engineering department, uh, you know, that's their specialty, right. And there's a lot of different factors to that. And so I take being in the athletics seriously and I look at it from all different angles because I've been here and say, Hey, uh, make the recommendation to my bosses. Uh, what we feel like is best and what we need at this time. And so I think at this time, what we needed was to excite our fan base, connect our dots, bring some of our alums back. And I'm talking about our football alums that I know that can contribute and help us make a difference that's coaching all around this state that we can get that relationship right away. Charles, I, I know you have a question or two for <laughs> Coach, Coach. I do, Coach. Yeah, I do, Coach. Coach Banks, happy, happy New Year to you. Uh, I want to want to ask you about the program right now, where it is. I mean, from my understanding, from what I've read, it's a good time as far as Southern athletics. I understand some infusion of money's coming in to where Mumford Stadium updates and uh, all types of stuff. You know, and maybe indoor practice facility. So you know, you talk about getting good coaches, getting good people, and now upgrading your your program and facilities. So I would imagine this is this is a pretty good time right now for for Southern University, a program that's been kind of on the cusp, right there, knocking on the door. Now you get a coach that's actually won the, won a division and taking it to the next level. Is it safe to say that Southern University program aesthetically as well as personnel-wise is in pretty good pretty good position? I would say so. So obviously, you know, this is a – this hasn't been an easy journey, you know, for the four years or so that I've taken over. We had a lot of challenges. And um, excitedly, we didn't work all the way through it by also being able to win um, uh, and win some championships along the way. And so, you know, that we just got our reprieve here not too long ago. We off their probation status now. And so I say a lot of times that we are free now. Right. And so now we get a chance to concentrate and go to another level. And so it's always been my goal is to make us a mid-major type uh, university from an athletic department standpoint. And so we do have partnered up with the foundation. Uh, uh, Alfred Harrell and I sit down and, and the university, Dr. Belton has been very good in understanding uh, what, what athletics bring to the university. And, and we've been able to create along with the campus, our athletic plan. Mm -hmm. And so uh, uh, while we are getting 
and to stay in the ball game, you just can't. I think the most important part of what I'm saying is that we have to be able to to ecstatically uh, upgrade our facilities if we're really going to be in the game to get players right. We got to upgrade. We have to do the new the things that are trending now that we can compete and go get these players. Uh, in my estimation, not just in our in our league, but to beat the Magnesis of the Northwestern and Southeastern Nickel States. Uh, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. And so, you know, when you go, I knock on your door and go recruit and I say, hey, I want you to come play for me. And uh, and at the end of the day, these other universities are giving what we call a, a, a cost of tuition. I mean, attendance. That means that uh, regardless if you get financial aid or not, you get like this stipend check uh, like uh, of, of $1,500, $2,000 a month, uh, you know, to go to their universities. And all sports don't have it, but they revenue sports at right now certainly have it. And so uh, if I knock on your door and, and you're middle class or little under middle class or whatever the case may be, and you talk to that student athlete and they throw that token out there and I tell you just come play for me at Southern and I don't have that nugget, then most of the time, which way are they going to choose? Because at the end of the day, they know that they get a little stipend or something and they pocket it. Uh, and so we have to go by our business some type of way of creating these line items um, that these other universities have. Uh, practice facilities, I think that we are well on our way. Obviously, we are one of the few people that's got, you know, the stadium, the turf stadium in a, in a what we created, the Jaguar Park, the practice facility. Uh, but we do need to create an all-purpose facility when it's raining. Uh, uh, you know, it don't have to be crazy in size, but it needs to be something where we could talk about moving our programs forward. And that can be used by basically a lot of sports in our department uh, and mine of, of, of football. And so uh, uh, we need to be able to at some, at some point go from uh, traditionally three meals uh, a lot of people have their own meal, meal plans uh, or their own uh, athletic um, um, table, meal table, training table, they say, that, that's connected to one of their dormitories or to their field house where they feed uh, the student athletes. And so we have to, we have to generate uh, monies to get in this type of ball game and start taking our uh, program to the next level. Name, image, and lightness alone, as you can see what's going on with that, is probably going to divide the have to the have-nots even further. But we need to secure ourselves at this mid-major level if we're going to continue. And and I'm not talking about, and you, you hear me, I'm not saying too much about our SWAC level because if we do this, we'll maintain our presence at the top of the SWAC level. But we're going to have to, we're talking about always recruiting Louisiana, then we're going to have to do some of these other things that these other universities are doing. And that's going to, that's everybody part, right? I hear about, well, why we don't do this? Why we don't do that? Well, unfortunately, the word that we use a lot, well, we have to, you know, we have to get these revenues to do that. And, uh, and, 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 you know, athletics is based on state revenue and it's based on uh, uh, ticket sales, basically, and, and money that we generate outside of that. And so we've been able to, uh, continue to grow our finances and generate dollars to bring ourselves to a certain level. You've seen the work we just did on our softball field uh, for Title IX reasons, and we still have some things that we have to do for Title IX. Uh, but also, when I'm talking about football, the soccer team need to go into a, they need to go into a locker room or a field house of their own as well. 
Uh, softball need to go into a place of their own as well. So there's still a lot of work to do. And I, you know, I just need, uh, we need, when we talk talking about Jaguar nation, we need to be, it's a, uh, a focus on our revenue sports, but legally I have to do something for the other title nine sports too, for us to continue to grow. And so this going to mean that we have to start creating. That's why it's important. I ask everybody, I'm not asking you to give me money. I'm asking you to go buy a season book. I don't care if you're out of town. Uh, we have a pool where we can get those away to, to, to underprivileged kids and, and to groups that want to that call and request to come to games. But if we can, if we can get, uh, you know, 20 plus thousand in there every day. I think right now when I took over with that 4,000 season books, now we had almost 6,000. My goal is to really this year to be at 10,000 if we possibly can. And so uh, this is very important. And so I, I think uh, people hear me, but not don't really understand uh, really why this is very important. So we can continue to grow and continue to, 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 uh, generate these revenues so we can continue to grow our whole athletic department and, and actually focus in on revenue sports as well. We're visiting with uh, Coach Roman Banks, Director of Athletics at Southern University. Coach, I got like seven points to, to go over with you. I'm trying to balance that with um, people are texting me questions. You, you know you're a popular guy because you're, you're the Director of Athletics. You have to take the tough ones, questions, and not so tough. But Let's let me see if I can combine this. Budget, more resources invested in football, and then I want to tie it in with, can you ask Coach Banks about positioning players for NIL deals? If we don't get behind this, we will be way behind in recruiting. Gremlin is about to roll out a massive plan for their players to get NIL deals. Coach Banks, can you tie both of those in? Well, I, uh, let's go with the NIL deal and then refresh me on the next one. So I don't know. I don't understand that question because the NIL deal is not a uni, is not based on the university. Mm-hmm. The athletic department can't create the NIL deal. So I really don't understand the university. Each NIL deal is based on the law that the, that the legislation passed. Uh, it's not any legislation to it from an NCA perspective right now. And mm-hmm. so uh, basically, and we do have some kids that's involved with uh, walk-ons that's using their name, image, and likeness, and mm-hmm. a couple of other entities. All, what our role is in it is to make sure we provide workshops uh, that we're required to provide different type of workshops by the state for them uh, to make sure that they understand the investment that people are making in them. But I cannot go out and say, uh, Carlos Brown, you got a company. I want you to invest into this player. That's actually illegal. Uh, you have to make the contact. The student athlete then in return uh, do some paperwork on file so we can have everything listed and filed. And then the, the process for them take place. We, we don't even engage into the type of money that they make, right? And so, uh, and then we're just a, we just a, a tracking mechanism from that point on. And there's no pay for play, but their name, image, and lightness. So those are two different things. So when they say grounding about the road, they probably rolling out the understanding. And we talk to all student athletes about it as well. The understanding of the name, image, and lightness, but the university itself or the athletic department or the coach cannot create that. Carlos Brown can come to me and say, Hey, uh, I will, you know, I got a couple players, 
who has the best uh, from y'all understanding, uh, uh, you know, uh, the best social media platform. And we can advise you on those things. But we cannot uh, we cannot lead you or we cannot say, I need you to do this to get that mm-hmm. player. All right. Now, we know there are ways around that. Uh, but at the end of the day, a lot of people are like at Texas. I think somebody donated money for the offensive line, right? Yeah. And so, so in that relationship, basically uh, the offensive line, when he said that those offensive linemen contact that person and then the process starts. Right. Well, let me preface just by saying that was a question that was sent in to me. My question was more about, um, and, and thank you for the explanation, it's on the guidance that, that, that Southern right. University can do. Um, budget, more resources. Yeah. And, and let me be more specific. At the press conference, I saw President Chancellor Belton, and correct me if I'm wrong, he said that they were looking to or they had or they wanted to invest more into the, uh, the resources in the football budget. Am I off base with that one? Or it, what, what's the status with that? So we did do that. So I don't know if uh, under our leadership of our past chairman, uh, DeMorne Rutledge, we were able to uh, get past another uh, uh, $600,000 to go to, to, our, to our athletic budget from the state. And so the Board of Regents get each institution a cap. And uh, we are not at our maximum that the university can give us. And so, uh, but we've been able to, uh, over the last two years, actually, uh, been able to get uh, 120000 added. And so with football, as you, as you, as you noted, uh, that we've been working on and, and, and Dr. Belton uh, and the chairman and the board agreed to help uh, put that money there. So I can't, I could give a, a, a salary that I think uh, not only to our football coaches, but to all our head coaches uh, that make us compete uh, at all level uh, that we won't have a high turnaround. And so uh, you've seen that we've been able to, to, I was able to have a conversation with coach Dooley and, and, and uh, you know, we were able to play him a good salary to get him to Southern university and, and match what he probably was offered you know, a couple other places and even to stay there. And so our salary pool has gone up, uh, up for to the first phase is salary pools have gone up. The second phase is now to grow the budget where, uh, you know, you have a substantial recruiting budget, you have a substantial equipment budget. Uh, we have a, 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 a substantial budget uh, that we can, um, do some uh, make sure that the stadium and all those things uh, when people walk in signage and all those things are there. So uh, we'll continue to grow that budget. We are vision that we are visiting that. And we are also raising private dollars to do that. And so uh, we have not met our cap by the board of regents. Uh, uh, and uh, that'll be something that I, I constantly nudge uh, the president and, uh, and our uh, board about is hopefully, you know, another increase, but the other way uh, that we get money from the athlete, for the athletic budget is students. Uh, I tell people all the time. And when I was here at Southern university as assistant basketball coach, um, you know, we had 
10,000 students. And so uh, your, your budget is based off, off those students in the state. And so off those students, we had more money uh, uh, 15, 20 years ago than we have now, basically. And the NCAA require you to do more with Title IX and certain things. And so I said to say is that uh, if we're able to get the student uh, population uh, full-time enrolling students back up to about 8,800, 8, that would that would help our budget as well. And so we are liking quite a bit on that on that on that side until the university grow itself again. And so that is still a challenging formula for us. And so the next thing that you have to con- that I told you that we have to talk about to help me with that budget is ticket sales, right, and and revenue. And so the sports that we charge for basically right now is football, basketball, and baseball. And so when I, I ask as much as possible people to buy those season books, uh, that's part of a fundraiser for us. That's part of a re- revenue mechanism for us. And if we get that, and then that help us to do a little bit more at a little bit faster pace. Visit with Coach Roman Banks, Director of Athletics at Southern University. Coach Banks, I guess you get these questions, uh, similar questions all the time, uh, emails, yeah, you, phone calls. You know, I think the more I like to uh, – I can speak on it like on your show at alumni events and things like that, people understand. I think that a lot of times the disconnect is that people don't understand, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, how how the system works. And I say the system, that means from from name, image, and likeness, what we're talking about right now, to what I just told you about a, a situation of leveling the playing field with the cost of tenants, uh, mm-hmm. how do we get revenue, um, that's the reason why it's important to buy a book. And and, and so uh, I think the more we talk about this, and I just think being transparent, um, I was always taught that uh, being transparent, everybody got different personalities and different thoughts, right? But if you're being transparent, people are less uh, will respect the decisions, not necessarily have to agree with all the, all the time, but we're respected because you've been transparent about it. Yeah, that. That that is true, and and you, meaning you, Southern, they can control the the, uh, the narrative, so it won't be any disconnect. Hey, you're getting it straight uh, from from the source. Um, Charles, if you have another question, I'll get ready for my next point. Uh, you, I you absolutely, know? I absolutely agree with with Coach Banks. This is something that I've been talking head. about. Yeah, I, I, I agree a thousand percent with Coach Banks. I think this is something that we all need to do. You know, every university in this conference and throughout the country has a national alumni conference in various places in this country. And I think that's an opportunity for masses of alums to get together and have symposiums with the president, meet and greet, questions, Q&A. And I think athletics needs to be a part of it. As part of that, there needs to be the athletic director and coaches to break down how athletics works from the budget standpoint. Southern's budget is whatever it is. Why is it the way it is? The formula, he talked about formula. That all I think needs to come out and just like he said, be transparent about it and let people understand why Southern's budget or Alcorn's budget or Jackson State's budget is what it is. And if you do that, let people ask questions about it. And I think you come away with an understanding. Okay, this is where we are. This is where we're not. And maybe I can help get it get it there and I think that's 
that to me, what Coach Banks said, just hit it right on the head. I think education leads to information, leads to action. And I think from there, I think we'll be in a lot better place and a lot better space. Yes. Well, I, I, I would agree. And that's what I try to do here on the show. If I can't answer it, and a lot of times I can't, but I can get it straight from the source and to explain it. And, and that's how I, I like doing this, this show. And so with that being said, Coach, I know COVID-19, Omicron, Delta variant. Yes, um, I, I, I know. It's, it, it's tough. How are you dealing with that uh, again? It seems like, Coach, we're back to where we started at with this. Yeah, yeah uh, Carlos, we're back to where we started. Uh, but there is this time um uh, I think a better understanding of this whole virus, right? And mm-hmm. there's a a more of a trying to find the right word. There's more of a position to try to make sure that we continue to move forward with no stoppage anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the sentiment around this whole country as well. And so uh, the NCA just come out with a new legislation about the vaccinations. And so, uh, uh, and now the uh, versus uh, quarantining for 10 days, nine, five days. And if you fully vaccinated means the two vaccines and the booster. And so we were one of the universities uh, last year, if you know, uh, we probably one of the leading universities that got uh, over 90% of our student athletes vaccinated. Football team was fully vaccinated very early. And so, all coaches continue to do a good job of what I request of them in the student athletes and their parents and that I'm grateful for. And I can say once again, as we move forward, you know, uh, we are in the process of everybody, you know, men and women basketball have gotten a booster shots. And so um, when you are able to do these type of things, then, um, you know, you get tested and, and you can come back in five days with no symptoms. So, between that Monday and Saturday, you know, we really feel like that if every every university in all conference do what they're supposed to do and they get their student-athletes boosted, that you may miss one or two, but you will have the buck of your team. And so you look at what the NBA doing and the WNBA, uh, they'll continue to move forward. You might not have all your players. Uh, our rule um, is at least to have seven players and then the university to make that termination if they want to play if they want to uh, play a game with uh, less than seven. So that means if I have six, uh, uh, I can make that determination if I want to play uh, the game with six because obviously really the rule is that you can play with four players and still, you know, it's still considered a game. And so there's a determination uh, to move forward uh, with this season. And 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 how we do that is, is to try to make sure that all our student-athletes are vaccinated and have these boosters. And it's going to be upon uh, each team in our conference uh, to make that commitment, uh, you know, to each other to try to limit contact around other people, uh, to try to stay in their own little bubble uh, so they can – uh, you know, try to go out and, and perform well and have the bodies on their team to do well. Um, if you don't play a game, uh, our rule is, uh, sweat by sweat rules that was voted in, it's a forfeit. Uh, now, uh, 
at the end of the day, it's a forfeit, but the but it don't go against the it won't go against uh, the coach's record. All right, but it will go against your standings for the league. And so uh, uh, that was to to make sure that we felt like uh, maybe to take away the gamesmanship that we had to put some things in place because we do know that COVID allowed people to say, I'm not going to play this game because my best player hurt, uh, my best player out because of COVID, I have them next week and we'll reschedule. We don't want to get into that. So we want the players like the NBA to play with what you have and we want the season to move forward. And so um, the new rule was voted in. And so uh, everybody at their own uh, institution, because there are different rules and regulations by states, are doing what they can basically, you know, to make sure that their gymnasium is, is uh, protected for their fans as well. And so for us, it's basically uh, requiring people to make sure that they have masks on. And, and Coach, I see some athletic departments are, uh, you know, even in professional ranks, requiring the fans to show proof of a, a negative COVID test or the results of it, will we see that at, at, at Southern University or are you just going to keep the, the, the protocol that you have in place? As of right now, so we, you know, we were doing that until the governor had relaxed the rules, right? They uh, mm-hmm. rules. And so you don't see any LSU, uh, so no one around the state doing that. By our foundation, then we're requiring that Southern University uh, highly recommending uh, that you that you have a mask on. And I think if you watch our game versus other games, we were probably masked up quite a bit. But there are some other, you know, in our state collegiate levels just wide open. So, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's where we are as it relates to to making sure that we regulate ourselves past the virus and. If the, you know, the governor uh, or this city mandates uh, through the mayor of, the, of our, our campus, campus president or the board mandates something strenuous, and then we'll, we'll adapt to that. Visit with Coach Roman Banks, Director of Athletics at Southern University. Two, two more points, Coach, I, I, I promise. And uh, now, now, this is one of the things that we've debated, me and my colleagues, and I've stated my opinion on the, the, the process of non-conference games. Specifically, we're talking about basketball guarantee. I, I don't like, I'll just personally say I don't like all of the guarantees, but I understand why they do it. What What is your process, uh, uh, the uh, Southern's process of selecting these guarantee games? You used to run the men's basketball program. And now as director of athletics, how, how, how does that go? So simply for us, I uh, put it to you in, in, in short form, it's simply to us is that uh, for our men's program uh, right now, and even when I was coaching, basically we look at the budget uh, each year. And in our shortfall, that's a um, guarantee is, is, is a revenue line, right? And so mm-hmm. then you say, okay, if we have to go get, uh, if if men's basketball uh, have to go get those guarantees of three hundred, four hundred thousand, then we we sit down and we strategically try to put a plan of action uh, to play those teams at the quickest rate to get the money in, so we won't have to play all of them. So we can have a home and home contest. Uh, we can have maybe a, 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 a 
Division II school to come to us to get out before the season, get the kids prepped or something like that. And so that's the way that formula work is all is 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 all based on that that budget line revenue uh, uh, as it relates to the guarantee uh, because basketball is really more than women's basketball. Uh, you know they pay uh, uh, some schools pay ninety to a hundred thousand dollars, and so uh, we try to look at give you an example. Uh, you know, uh, uh, sometimes the, the coach himself want to play a team that that he just want to play. And so we look at that. But we also look at uh, down and distance travel versus what it's going to cause versus what we're getting. And also to give all student athletes the experience of playing. We played Kentucky this year. Well, obviously, Kentucky took care of us real good. That's Sean, uh, alma mater. And, uh, and, uh, and so it ended up, you know, all all your students, athletes, and basketball want to get a chance to play on that floor, right? And and play a, a program like that. And so it's it's also good to give them a chance uh, because basketball is straight across the table. When you go to the NCAA tournament, you're gonna to play someone like that. And so you kind of got to get used to playing those type of schools. I was fortunate enough when we played and we we beat a lot of them. And so um, from the Texas A&M to the Mississippi States. And so I think our program is at that level, uh, uh, back to that level now where we're able to get our program going again, where we can compete at that stage and that mid-major stage uh, quite often. But to answer your question is based on helping us meet our, our uh, expenditures uh, going into the next fiscal year. Well, you see, Charles Edmund is, it's shaking his head because me and him have had some spirited debates over the years. Um, and, and coach, you'll probably disagree with what I'm about to say. And I understand what you're saying. Charles basically believes it kind of per, per what you said. What happens if you limit those guarantee games, say three or four? Or, or, or what you're saying is that that would be disastrous for for the athletic budget and you have to have more than four guaranteed games right now we do uh, right now we do my my sweet spot would be uh no more no more if we could go into no more than 3 to 5 games and then mm-hmm. and, and on that budget amount uh yeah, but, we're, but but we're not there yet and i think that's the reason why you see some we're we're not like some schools that go out and they they play play ten early, right? And that's all budgetary reasons. And right. so it goes back to the formula of students, state budgets, and buying season tickets and all those things. It go everything starts right back at that formula. And once you can get to that get to that process, uh, then you can take you can you can take the request uh, from different programs of bringing in those different guarantees. Well, Charles, uh, I guess you feel comfortable in, 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 in that answer. Uh, but guess what? I, 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 I am a guy that will compromise, believe it or not, compared to what you hear about my reputation. I can live, I can live with four or five, but 10 to 12? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah that's, that's... Go ahead. Yeah, 10 to 12 no. is a lot. Dude, that's hard yeah. to... That's hard to get your morale back ready. And what happens is, and we're trying, let me say this real quickly, we're trying to get out of that from a conference perspective. 
Mm-hmm. Also, because what happens is uh, you come in uh, with with a low RPI, right? And so that don't help us at all. And exactly. and, and so we're gonna have to grow out of that. Now we'll say that uh, our commission is working on trying to put a formula together where we get more revenue from the conference office, so we won't have to play that many games. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I always say this all the time: at some point. At some point, as we grow the conference and to get to the sweet spots where we're talking about maybe three to five and and uh, doing some other things that you like to do, uh, you know, it, it, some schools may get left behind. And so are you willing to do that because they cannot keep up with the request that you're asking for from a conference perspective? And so you got to, it, it, you know, it's it's two sides to the store and you want to keep everybody in, but can they continue to grow with you? Because do they need the, do they have to bring in that million dollars versus that, that three or $400,000? Well, yeah, you, you, you can help, help them Charles for a little bit, but <laughs> at the end of the day, they're going to have to get it done or. So, yeah. so that's, that's a conversation. That's a conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. We're working within the conference office right now to realign our basketball programs because uh, eventually we, you know, you're talking about we may end up going east and west in basketball. And so, you know, there's a number of games. If you played everybody twice, then that's shortening them the games that you can play guarantee anyway. So uh, mm-hmm. that, that's all about the conversation right now. Well, dialogue and conversation, Charles, hey, that's what it's all about. And sometimes you have to compromise. Sometimes you can't get your way. So I'm glad, yeah. you, Charles, you didn't get your way on this discussion. <laughs> no, no, I, I completely understand. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I mean, everybody's budget situation is different. You know, I mean, because Coach Banks, you know, this being an AD, I'm sure you, you, you get with your coaches and say, look, this is the number we got to meet. If there's a shortfall, this whatever it is, you, you got to figure out a way to make that work. That work with whatever number of games you're respectful. Being a former coaches, you know, we our men's team didn't have a home game, and we played two number one teams in the country, Gonzaga and Baylor. I mean, right. those, that right there is two hundred thousand dollars for those two games, and then you got you got Houston, you got Tulane, you got other games. Uh, so we brought in a pretty good amount of money and guarantees, but I'm sure as an AD. There are programs that have more of a shortfall where they got to bring in more of that because that's a pretty good coin for basketball if, if you really look at it. I mean, you're talking about ninety, like you said, ninety to hundred thousand dollars per per contest. But then you're also limiting the home opportunities. I know you would like to play more home and homes. Talk, talk about that a little bit as far as the revenue. When you're playing a home and home, is there revenue involved with that? Is, is there check exchange hands or is your attendance? Basically, your your guarantee for your home game. So, uh, home and home is if we basically going um, home and home. There's no exchange of money. That's revenue for your home games. Uh, one thing is, uh, you know, we often just an AD thing is that uh, we often engage for three to one. Or well, we try to do two to one. And so, um, several years uh, we did Tulane and Louisiana Tech. We went to Tulane twice. And uh, they came to us once. And so we got a home game and a check out of that one, right? And we was also able to get the victory. And, and, and you got to think about it. A lot of these schools don't want to come, <laughs> don't want to come to yeah. 
to, to certain schools in our league, right? Because once you start coming here, it, it gets a little tough. And so they try to stay away from you. <laughs> and, and even yeah. with the game, some start trying to dodge you after you start beating them a little bit, right? And so it gets to be it gets to be a little process involved in that. But here's another thing is that, um, uh, you know, we got to get back to growing basketball uh, uh, home court revenues, uh, you know, we traditionally don't come to games until January when second semester start. And so you talk about those home games, they start in November. And so we got to get ourselves uh, accustomed to it, HBCUs, going out to these games early. So if you can create the the revenue for the home game, and then obviously you won't have to go get that game guarantee. But right now, uh, you know, we're not we're – not, when I say we, the conference as a whole are not doing that, creating those type of attendance for a home game where uh, uh, it says that we can start shrinking the amount of guarantees that we play because we bring in money for our home contest. Let me ask you one, one quick question on that, Coach. This may be a previous commissioner, but was there not like a formula 953 where you play one year nine of those big games and then it shrunk to five and then three? Was that – I heard about that years and years ago. Was that something that was out there? Was that ever a reality? Or is that something maybe you might be, the conference might be looking at trying to limit the number of those big time games and maybe create more opportunities for home games? Yes. Yeah, so we, we're trying to, we're trying to limit that right now. That's a formula that's thrown out there that we're trying to, we got a lot of basketball discussion going in where we're saying that we're going to subtract the number of games so we can play more home games and and everybody in the form to come out with a better RPI because at some point if the RPIs are bad and we playing each other in conference play it don't help the conference at all because we're always going to be a 16 seed we can't never talk about getting a, two teams in the tournament right and so more teams you ever get in the tournament the better you can be uh, the more money to the conference often and more money to the universities and so uh, uh, you know when you start talking about people conferences that's getting four and six teams in it pays for itself because they're just going to get the money back from the distribution right and so if we ever can get to that point of everybody making a commitment at the institutions to play so many games uh game guarantees and then give ourselves a chance to play home games and maybe neutral site games is going to be better for us as a whole I'm I'm for that, and I'm for less guarantee games. I'm just going to stick to my guns on that one. But I'm glad you explained the the process. And, and Charles, I don't think I was way offline on on that one. I I think you've got to have a great compromise. So so let's go back back to uh, use an example, because I know we can relate to this, Carlos, when I was with Tommy and Ben mm-hmm. Joe them. We played less guarantees mm-hmm. uh, back, back then. We played some, but we played less, right? I think we played three, five max out maybe, but we had a lot of games, and we had played Tuskegee and a lot of people like that that, uh, mm-hmm. that were Division two, bring them to our home court. Well, it goes back to what? Go back to the formula that I told you earlier. We had 10,000 students then, mm-hmm. right? And, and back then, we had even less sports, and we, and we didn't have all the complications of the NCA where you got to have your own academic team and all those things now. So we had a plethora of money 
that that they gave us the opportunity to do that. Now Southern have less students. Mm -hmm. uh, we're growing state funds again. And so uh, 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 with more going on, we're dealing with less where we got to get our monies back up. And so if we ever get to those number of students again, that would help us, you know, be able to make some decision because that's a revenue line for us. And right. so I had to say 10,000 students versus what the six, six thousand. Yeah. That we have, that's a lot of, lot of change left on the table. And if, if we, and if we even grow that by 2000, then we're able to do some things just alone that will help the athletic department uh, just off those other 2,000 students. And I think um, what you kind of went over with the campus improvements, both from the academic standpoint and the athletics, I think that helps attract more student athletes. Coach Banks, I got to get to this one. Now, that, you know, I, I knew that basketball was going to bring up some conversation, but you know, I had to get this one in as well. And I'm sure I know what the answer is going to be, but I've got to ask it anyway. 2022 <laughs> football schedule. And then I put beyond. I'm not talking to, to 2030, but I saw the uh, article in the African by Jim Klein Peter. Are you 90% close to finishing the 2022 schedule for football? And are you working to 2023? Yeah, we actually working. Uh, we actually trying to do a five year schedule all the way out. So basically, mm -hmm. you'll. See, I'm not going to give it all away, but you'll see something coming out here pretty soon. Uh, we, you know, we're pretty, uh, pretty committed to where we are with our schedule. Uh, mm -hmm. We just have to cross some T's and dot some I's. That'll be out, and then uh, we'll like to make sure that uh, as we're working. Uh, because I, I, I'm committed to try to get to try to have at least five home games. I said that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. uh, went well for us this year. Obviously, the Jackson States and and the uh, and the Florida State uh, fam and, and and those teams won't come to us this year. And those are great money revenue games for us because fans like to see it. Uh, but we we are still committed to putting five games into Marfa Stadium. The thing about them is that uh, we need those those games to to have the same effect that these other games had. And once again, I, I always talk about connecting the dots. I think that uh, Coach Duda connect the dots where we can have a winning program that can be an incentive for people to come out. But we need people. If we're going to do these five games, uh, not just come to the Jackson games, the Alcorn games, and the FAM games, you know, we need them to come to the Pine Bluff games and the uh, uh, and the A&M game, uh, uh, Alabama A&M games. And so, uh, you know, that's what we're working toward, and I'm committed to that. Uh, you know, the 23 schedule, as we look at what attendance looked like and uh, you know, doing 22 in the middle of 22, then we can keep our commitment and not go try to get game guarantees again for shortfall. So uh, if we do well, and I'm thinking that we're going to do well, uh, we're going to try to keep rolling out five home games a year and, and sometime hopefully six. Well, 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 well Coach Banks, well, Charles is with us, of course. 
But Alcorn State comes back to A.W. Mumford Stadium for 2022, correct? Yes, they, they do, yes. Yeah, and they should. We know we know why that is, Charles. Me and Charles discussed that. <laughs> okay, yes. now, Coach Baines, can you drop us a little hint? Non-conference guy. I know the schedule as far as the conference, you know, hey, it, if it's here, if you're at home playing these teams, then it reverts away for the, the next previous year. Now, some people have been texting me and calling me about Will Southern and Jackson in 2022. Southern and who? Jackson State. It'll be a Veterans Memorial, huh? Yeah, or we played it. Off, or do they roll off the schedule? That's what some people are asking. They roll, off, they roll off the schedule in 23. But we're we're working on doing something. Uh, we're, we're in the process of negotiating something to keep them on the schedule. That's, that's not a, uh, and hopefully that the negotiations are going well. So hopefully probably in the next 30 days that, that we can land this deal that we keep each other on the schedule. Home, home and home? Or you can't answer that? I can't answer that right now. Neutral side? <laughs> no? They just say keeping each other on the schedule. <laughs> well, you know what, Charles? I'm not surprised because it's, it's what gets – this guy who's 57 years old, his blood going. That Jackson State. I know Grandma State, that's family. Jackson State, just anytime. Let me at him. And, 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 but but it's, it's love, HBCU family love. I said all this to say this, Charles. They're going to always play. You know, well, and I, yeah. I, I think it's important. We almost, and, and we are there. I think it's important that that game that we have to play. Uh, uh, A.D. Robson and I have been talking quite a bit. And mm-hmm. so, we, you know, we still have some issues that we have to work out at the end of the day. But we're going to – from from my standpoint, I think it's important uh, that 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 we come to some type of compromise. And, 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 Coach Banks, I think that's great because, you know, there are some people who believe if the game doesn't count, which it wouldn't because they roll off, then you shouldn't play. But Commissioner McClellan has been clear that the conference is not going to stop those matchups from happening yeah. because they're traditional matchups and they generate revenue. So I'm glad that that's, that's happening. I'm glad the conference is kind of letting you guys work it out because we're going to be in the same boat as well, you know, when it comes to when it comes to teams on the other side as well. So I think with Valley and others. So I, I think that's a that's a great thing. And I'm glad the conference is kind of letting everybody work that work that thing out. Yeah. I think it's important because I, I also, you know, if I had my way, uh, I would like I would go like I told you, uh, uh, the Tennessee states, North Carolina centrals. You know, we'll be doing some matchups. You know, early on and playing. I, you know, they always. I was talking to a university the other day. I was like, well, let's just do a home and home. Uh, that's too far to travel. That's too far to travel. Well, we'll work something out, and, and you come to us, and, and, and we help your travel. You come to us, we help our travel because the game is going to be packed. I think those games are more attractive. I'm not going to say important. That's the wrong word. More attractive than us playing a Northwestern or Nickel State, right? I think they want to see that game. They want to see Southern and Alcorn. And so uh, I'm trying to get to a level – of that commitment level, but a lot of times there are universities that that won't engage in, into those type of games. Uh, uh, you know, maybe we can get them at, as it relates to being a classic or something like that. But if I had my way, uh, all schedule would look like the old days. 
Mm. I would love to see a Southern Southeastern football coach, Coach Banks. Me and Carlos have talked about this. I don't know if it'll ever happen. Two schools, 30 minutes Southern away. Southern to fill That's, up their stadium. It's too so I get that. I get that. I get. <laughs> I think that would be terrific. I think that's just one. It's just a natural fit to me from the outside looking in. I'm not that rude, but I just think that just like, you know, we played Southeastern football at Strawberry Stadium before, but that would be great. Is, is that possible or impossible? Southern and Southeastern in football? Well, you know, I have a relationship with them. We had conversation, uh, but here, and I'll be transparent, is that, um, you know, that'll be the biggest uh, you know, Jaguars coming there. We're going to take over there. So even for, <laughs> even for us to go there, that that's going to be considered a game guarantee. They will have to give us, uh, you know, revenue for us to bring our fans there. And they'll come back to us the following year. I, I just don't yeah. think it's fair. I look at all the time. We go to all these different places. People are doing that. And I was like, hey, peace, peace. No, <laughs> fool, I need two tickets. <laughs> uh, you know, but just watch. If they can be able to win a couple of times, and I know things are different, times have changed, but I've seen those days. And well, I'm I want for those days to come back. I think you've seen it a little bit this year for homecoming for Jackson yeah. State. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think if we're able to, uh, you know, do do the things that we think we're going to be able to do, and that's be one of the best teams in our conference. Uh, you know, I think those days are, are before us. And, uh, you know, that's part of the process of bringing Coach Dooley in to connect those dots and to move it forward. And so I do believe it didn't matter who the opponent was because we were playing at that level, right? And so mm-hmm. uh, that's been my narrative. And I just believe that that can happen. And that's the direction that we certainly planning to go in to make sure it don't matter, you know, who we playing to make sure that we come out winners uh, most of the time. Yeah. When, when pass, it, it's important to win the conference game because you're in the conference. But the goal is to be better, where we can win those Northwestern State games consistently. I've seen it. And, boy, McNeese got away with one again. But anyway, yeah. Coach? Yeah. We don't want to go yeah, that out. Yeah, we're just about out of time. I, I couldn't get through everything. Of course, they want to know about ticket masters and all kinds of stuff. Can I get a commitment for you to at least come back once – a month, maybe in two weeks to come back and we can. Uh, yeah, let's do two. Weeks. Uh, let's do two weeks. Um, I think we have uh, on the thirteenth. We have our overtime show at TJ Ribs and Coach Dooley is going to be there asking a lot of questions than myself. So uh, toward the end of the month, let's 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 come back and and talk about these questions because we are moving forward uh, with some some other levels of our ticketing now. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a thing. That I feel like been behind a long time, and so uh, we are moving where fans uh, hopefully can can go wherever they are to get these tickets. And I talk about that on the next show and some other things. Um, okay, I will do. Well, we're going to ask that you stay in the room after the show close a minute. Producer okay. from there uh, wants to wants to talk to you. Okay. One quick one, Swag Neck Challenge. Will Southern play in that in the near future? We're, we're, slated, we're slated to play in that. Maybe uh, we're talking to them about um, between 23 and 25. It just depends on who we play because we might have one of those teams on our schedule already. Hmm. Boy, I, 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 I tried. I tried, folks. I, I, I think the name out. <laughs> 
might, I think it, I think if we can, I just don't put it out there. Uh, you know, we talked about it. I said, well, we'll change our schedule up if you can get an offer state. <laughs> Charles, calm me down, Charles. Wow. <laughs> yes. Oh, my. You know what? All I'm going to ask, if that's in Atlanta, I'll be there. I'll slim down. <laughs> Let me leave him out. Let me leave something out of the locker room. And I'll go straight to the health tent afterwards. But yeah, I do like, like Can that. I do that, Coach Banks? Can I can I yeah. lead him out for that game? You got that. You got that. Charles, they say I'm nuts. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> and, and I plan to be at Veterans Memorial too. <laughs> My Jackson State fans, wow. I love them. Coach, I appreciate the time. Uh remember, stay in the room afterwards. And um, have a great weekend. We appreciate the time. And we'll we'll do it again in about two weeks, three weeks. All right, guys. Stay safe. All right. You too right, as well. Go right. Jags. All right. Go Jags. Go Swag. Go HBCU. Uh, Charles, any closing comments? It's, it's time for us to roll out of here. Yeah. A great, great interview with Coach Banks. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good information. So this, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your other interview with him and, uh, should be a fun day or swag basketball. Looking forward to it. Yeah, fam, you and Bethel Cookman got a split uh, on, on the road. Well, I want to thank uh, Roy Evans the second producer extraordinaire. Everybody chipped in. I was it, I was so busy today. I was trying to keep up with the comments. I, I guess I'll answer them after the show. But I appreciate you uh, tuning in. Until next Saturday at. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here on the Black College Sports Network, the Coles Brown Show. Make sure you tune in. Until next time, and by the way, thanks as well, Charles. Appreciate your help as always. Until next time, peace and God bless. Hey.